Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, nothing but Luke Cage feedback. Luke Cage, what are you people saying about it? Let's talk. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Rando. And we're just going to dig straight into some feedback. Spoiler alert! Here comes some Luke Cage Spoiler talk. Spoiler alert all over you. You're welcome. Uh, just don't don't hate us for all the, all the spoiling we're about to do. So Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, Do you guys believe that because Cage is with Claire that he and Jessica will not get married as they do in the comics? Is she just going to be his rebound chick? Hmm. Uh, no, I don't no. believe that at all. I don't know. Luke Cage has gotten with all the ladies. If there's anything that I know about human relationships is that people are all over the place. And That's they true. can very easily get back together. It's like a, you know, let's actually give this a shot. I really liked her. Especially when we broke the bed. <laughs> yeah, I think... It's tough. I don't. I don't see much of a reason. Like if if I'm on if I'm talking from Luke's perspective, I don't see a reason for him to be with Jessica at this point. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. she really lost his trust. Um, and also, yeah, but she's gonna regain it in the Defenders. We will see. We will see. But also, Luke really uh, he's kind of all over the place with his uh, his m- m- you know sexual affections. <laughs> um, sexual affections. I mean, with Misty, it seems like that's kind of fizzle. That was just like a. That was just a one, one night, night stand. stand sort of thing. Um, with Jessica, it was much more, but uh, didn't end it was like up a well. Three night stand or something. Yeah, and you know they're both powered people. They got a lot in common. I don't know. <laughs> I could see it going. I could see it going either way. Accident uh, experiment. I was really surprised at how much they decided to really dig in with the uh, Claire Temple being a. A possible love interest, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. I didn't think uh, that that was where they were going to go, but they did. They went real hard. I mean, she was a love interest in the comics, so... Was she? I'm betting they were just like, we gotta make this happen. We have to see this through. This has to be a thing. But, you know, it could go anywhere. That's how people do. That is how the people do. (laughs) That is how the people do. Yep. Alright, what else? What's our next feedback? Well... <clears throat> Mark and Margo said to us on Facebook, Seagate Prison is the prison in Marvel's one-shot All Hail the King. In the same one-shot, it was where Justin Hammer is also. Yep. I, that is true, and that is awesome. There's... Because Ham- Hammer Tech is all over the series, and so my headcanon is that Hammer made his connection to the underworld while in prison. Yep. <laughs> and yep. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful little connection there. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. I like it. I like all of it. Make this happen. Uh, Matthew West Fox said to us in an email, Like you guys, I loved Luke Cage. But one thing bothered me, and I'm wondering how you felt about it. It seemed like they tried really hard to tell us Misty was going to get the bionic arm, even having Claire tell her and us, the audience, that Misty might need to get it amputated. But then everything (laughs) was okay again. I'm not a comic book purist, and if they decide to skip that plot line altogether, I'm fine with it, but I was annoyed that they seemed to do so much to set it up and make us think it was happening, and then said, nah, never mind. Did this bother you guys at all? Love the show. Thanks for all the great listens. Matthew, Superhero Ethics. It didn't bother me, 
It bothered um, the shit out of me. It didn't bother me. I'm I honestly, so mad. I don't think... I don't agree that they, you know, went way out of their way to make these things. It's just... It, to me, it was just a throwaway line. Like, she was hurt. She, her arm was hurt. Hey, well, you might need to get this removed. It was it was an Easter egg for fans that do know the comics, I feel no, like. Oh, an Easter egg would be her losing her arm. <laughs> no, that would just be a comics... That would just be following the comics, which it still may. They could still do that for sure down the road. Um, and I, I think they, they... I think it's likely. Maybe she'll lose her arm in the uh, next... You know, in the Defenders or whatever. Hmm... And and maybe mm. maybe you know Tony Stark is somehow uh, finds out about this big battle they had and he decides to help this cop by building her an arm. Like I mean, it all makes sense to me. The hand do have swords. <laughs> the hand do have swords, and uh, the arm does not do well with swords. From what I hear, um, it's the rumor. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's very possible that she still, still. I think it's possible to still lose the arm in comics. I don't know. Does she start out with a bionic arm, or is it like down the road? No, nah, it was that she was she was on the the police force. She was in the police service. Yeah, <laughs> and um, something happened to make her just not trust being a cop anymore. Like not trust the system. Yeah, and um, she got fed up with it all. And part of it was that she got stuck behind a desk because of losing her arm. And uh, and Tony got her a bionic arm. Oh, it is Tony in the comics. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's very possible we'll still get that storyline. I just don't think they're ready to do it. I think she's still losing faith in the police force. And I think like it's possible she'll get it down the road. Yeah. I just thought this was a little Easter egg. I didn't think that. I didn't think it was thrown in our face. As as someone who didn't know she had a bionic arm when I was watching it, it didn't bother me. I so, mentioned it in the first episode. Yeah, but I I it didn't I didn't remember that or know when I was watching the episode. It didn't feel weird to me yeah. that she was just shot and they're just talking about her arm. You know. Yeah. Um. So mm. from my perspective, as a non comics guy in this particular case it's not a it wasn't a big deal to me i don't like it <laughs> uh russell matthews first said to us on facebook loving the reviews so far me and my wife watched the first eight episodes in one swoop loving every second of it too nice that's that's a hell of a that's a swoop that's a commitment right there that's an that's a pretty big I mean, swoop to watch them all in. it's clear that you're not afraid of commitment being that you have a wife <laughs> so eight episodes you know it's not a big deal. <laughs> Eight episodes, no big deal. I've been doing this for years. <laughs> this whole marriage thing. I'm good at this. That's so funny. I mean, it's it's a lot easier when you love it, right? <laughs> right? What? You get it? Like, when love you love the your person wife? Yeah. and the show, yeah. Yeah, it is easier. It's so much easier. So much easier. Anyway, uh, Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, holy crap. Just watch the first two episodes of Luke Cage. It's riveting. Stylistically very different than Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Finding it very difficult to keep from binge-watching the entire thing. Yeah, we had a real hard time with that. Because of our computer issues, we had to stop in the middle and figure out what we are going to do about the cast. And so... I lost my mind. Man, I, you know... I, I didn't watch ahead. You watched that same episode like four times, yeah, though. Like, we kept meaning to cast, and then the computer wouldn't... We couldn't get computer work, and so it was just like, uh... I watched the same episode over and over, and just like wanting to... 
wanting to see more. Wanting to see more. You eventually just start quoting all of the episode along with it. Yeah. You just know that one episode, the, like the back of your hand. Oh, yeah. That one episode I'm I'm fully on with. Uh, we did have a voicemail here we can play. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Hey, what do you think of the running times for Luke Cage? I think 59 minutes is maybe a little much. If they made it a tight 44 like a normal TV show, I think it might come out even better. Plus, 59 minutes, you're practically watching a movie on a weekday. I don't really feel like, you know, sitting down and investing that much time into uh, practically watching a movie. I definitely see your point. I didn't mind it. And, and I don't think they were all 59 minutes. I think they fluctuated pretty wildly, right? Yeah. Am I totally were, wrong? They were all in the range of 59 minutes, like, you know, 57, hour three, something like that. Oh, Somewhere okay. in that range. I thought they were more be- like between 42 and 50. Nine or whatever. I don't think so. No. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I it didn't bother me. They do feel a little long. They do feel longer than other episodes because they are. Uh, but I don't think. I mean, it's it's just like Game of Thrones, you know. Yeah. Or like any HBO show yeah. where yeah. They, they're a solid hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. So didn't bother me, but uh, I can totally understand. I definitely get the. Uh, desire not to want to sit down and watch an entire movie um but these didn't they never felt that way to me they felt very i mean you're watching 13 movies basically yeah i mean it's like it's like watching half a movie um instead of a third of a movie basically like watching an episode of other shows is like watching a third of a movie this was like watching half of one (laughs) you know it's just a little bit extra and i don't i definitely don't mind a little bit extra of something i enjoy so much yeah I, I love the Netflix format giving us, you know, 13 episodes of of development of both sides of this, uh, of the struggle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's, it, it provides so much more depth. And again, let's move the entire MCU to Netflix. <laughs> I'm all about it. Oh, uh, sure, man. Yeah. Sure. That way they can do like full on crossovers and and weave in and out of each other's series. Now that that is that is rather tempting. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to his own Facebook, "Luke Cage, aka Marvel meets The Wire." Interesting, interesting comparison. I mean, it makes sense. It's cop drama. Yeah. It has uh a lot of the same characters. Some of the same some of the same cast for sure. Yeah. Or not characters, but cast, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, Luke Cage Season 1, Episode 2, Always Forward, R.I.P. Pops. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like these range from 48 minutes to 62 minutes. Uh, and a lot of them are like 50 minutes. Okay. Or right in that range. So, yeah, they, they range pretty wildly. They weren't all 58 minutes long. There's one that goes over an hour, and most of them are around 52 minutes. So just like 10 minutes more than a regular episode of TV. If you take out the commercials, which you don't have commercials, like that's like pretty much like a, like a regular show. Yeah. So. That's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, Sherman Smith followed up on, uh, on us saying, uh, Luke Cage season one, episode two. Not a big basketball fan, but they were talking about Phil Jackson, who coached the Bulls and Lakers. They were saying he was a... Or they weren't saying he was a bad coach, but that he had it easier than most considering the talent of his players. LOL, when you guys were trying to figure out what they were talking about, if you need any more schooling on black culture, I got you. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, Sherman, very much. And I, I don't deny that I sometimes will need schooling on black culture. But for me, it was uh, 
the sports culture that was the problem. <laughs> was the, I was, I think when we did that episode, I was trying to make a joke about, uh, there was this just culture that I couldn't understand, but I was, the joke was that, uh, it was sports, <laughs> sports that I don't get. It was sports. <laughs> sports I don't get at all. And but that's, what still, are these people talking about? That's still true. <laughs> still very true. Still a true thing. Uh, Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, just heard the cast for episode two of Luke Cage. Since you all seem to be lost with the show's opening barbershop scene, let me help you out. <laughs> we got more of this. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, is this just say the same thing, basically? Phil Jackson coached Jordan and won six championships. He won five more coaching Kobe. Uh, now, uh, he's now the general manager of the New York Knicks, and they suck horrendously. <laughs> That's funny. That also establishes the timeline, though. The Latvian kid they drafted is a reference to a player from the 2015 draft, and they hadn't seen him play yet, so it was before November. So we're talking pre-Sokovia Accords. Now, that is actually really helpful. That is incredibly helpful. Thank you, Dre. Thank you, Dre. (laughs) (laughs) I don't forget about Dre. (laughs) Is that part of black culture? That's amazing. Am I doing it right? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. That's Eminem. I don't know if that's part of black culture or not. It's rap. It's (laughs) hip-hop. Yeah, it's hip-hop. It doesn't have to be the same thing. I'm not good at this. (laughs) I'm not... I don't know how to enter other cultures just, like, (laughs) flawlessly. No, yeah, man. I have to kick the door in. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really rad. So, so that's the, the barbershop scene at the beginning was pre Sokovia Accords. Do we ever have a reference in the show to the Sokovia Accords? No, not at all. Interesting. So yeah, this whole show might've been pre Sokovia Accords. Sokovia Accords were what? Uh, if, if we're following the timeline of real life. Would have been May. May of 2016? Yes. Okay. And they're, they're talking about, or I'm sorry, Luke, or, oh God, Dre mentioned it was before November because they hadn't seen the kid play yet. Okay, of 2015. Cool. Right, right. That's awesome. Very cool, Dre. Very cool uh, sleuthing there. Thank you. We need to, we need to keep him as our, uh, our forensic Both those guys, uh, Sherman and Dre, both are good sports sports connects you are you are forensic sports analysts for how they work <laughs> At least into for the nba MCU. i guess i got, I got nothing man. i like you, you people ask me all the time when i'm like playing a show or whatever oh man did you see the game like i legit don't know what what game is being played in what season <laughs> i'm like uh i at least know that much man it's football season right now i kind of know that in the fall it's always football season i kind of know football season because we're in alabama and i straight up stopped getting as much work because all the bars switch over to watching football games instead of doing music so i've kind of learned that my income dips around this time of year <laughs> but that's the only reason that I, I realize my bank account gets a little lighter and i'm like is it football season it's football season that's what it is <laughs> i don't have as much money it's football season <laughs> Must be. I really hate sports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking my money. <laughs> and uh, let's see, the postseason of uh, of baseball just finished up because the Cubs won the World Series for the oh, first yeah. time in over 100 years. I did hear that, but mostly only because of its connection to Back to the Future. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were only a year late. Only a year late. They, they could make have, up for it. They could have won in 2015, and it would have made an amazing thing for Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, we could have at least said that something in Back to the Future was right. <laughs> it's true. There wasn't much. Yeah. Anyway, 
Omar Omalia said to us. Although. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you seen the guy that does the video? Some guy did a video of, and this is going to be another Trump thing. I'm sorry for anyone that gets offended. Uh, but someone did a video comparing like what, how the future looks in 2015 to the future of the uh, Back to the Future universe. And they just compared Biff's. Uh, Biff's appearance in 1985 to Trump, <laughs> and it's kind of shockingly similar. He just looked like the rich Biff, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense because that's not in 2015, that's in 1985, but still. He like, he's a casino owner, he's like got the spray tan thing going, he's like, he, he has paintings of himself all over his penthouse casino place in Hill Valley. Oh, Back to the Future. Can we do a Back to the Future podcast? Yeah, man. Just all Back to the Future all the time. There's, you know, so much fresh content to talk about with that. I would love for there to be a Back to the Future... uh, I don't know. I don't want it touched. It's like, that's like one of the few things that I'm like, no, don't touch that. That's just, that's perfect the way it is. But I also would love for there to be more Back to the Future. Yeah, make it into a series, you know? Like Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe. No. I've got a I've got a shirt no. uh, that is the uh, the TARDIS crashing in or the uh, the DeLorean crashing into the TARDIS. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, Omar Alalia shared a post on our Facebook timeline said, "Here's hoping I won't be too far behind on your recap. Saw episode two and this show started mellow but still feels packed. Love it. Cottonmouth is a scary sob. Misty is crazy hot." Mm-hmm. And Luke is like hot chocolate fudge, smooth. <laughs> uh, I don't know what post got shared, but I like that. That's great. I like that. <laughs> hot chocolate fudge, smooth, smooth. <laughs> the fudge says to us on Twitter, "Why the hell didn't Cage go after the guys at the end of episode two? At MCU cast hashtag Marvel hashtag Luke Cage. Okay, so this is the flaw with not doing these episode by episode. I don't remember what happens at the end of episode two. That's when the barbershop got shot up. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it, <sighs> he was telling the guy play dead. I guess he was. I guess he was taking care of pops probably, because pops doesn't die right away, right? Doesn't he like hold him? Yeah, like, hold some wounds he, and stuff. Well, he does the whole like, you're gonna be okay. You can hear the sirens here. They're coming, and then you know, forward always, forward. You know, with great. Power with great power comes great forwarding. Right. Yeah. You know, like Gmail. Man, I love it. I, lo- I love that they tie the whole always, always forward thing into him always saying always to. Uh, Be careful, Claire. Always. always. Yeah, it's real good. Mm. It's real good. Yeah, I, I guess I would say the reason he didn't chase them was because he was trying to save Pop's life. He was more concerned with saving Pop's life than catching them. He could always kill them later. <laughs> he was also... Uh, Murderify them later. He also had not stepped up yet. That's true. It's true. He wasn't a hero as of yet. He was... Yeah. That is the thing that spurred him on to be a hero. He had not yet decided that he needed to step up. Mm-hmm. He stepped up! God, I love that monologue. Mm, where he's just dressing down the kid in season three. I'm not season three. Episode, Episode three? three? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Laura Marie said to us on Twitter, Season one, episode two, Adam's cast. No! Pop was such a good character! Why? <laughs> well, there has to be a death to forward 
you know, they, what was it? What was it that Coulson said in the Avengers? Uh, he was the they glue. They need the push. They need the push, yeah. They need the push. Yep. This was never going to happen otherwise. Mm-hmm. He, he had to get some of Pop's bloody uh, baseball cards <laughs> so that he could uh, go forward and fight Loki. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Man, I, I just love this universe. I love that it's so deep, and you can, like, it's getting to the point where you can compare things and make jokes about things that are still in-universe. Ah, I just love it. Just, you know, uh, ah, that, so was, that was something that we talked about uh, when I saw the, um, the, uh, the Doctor Strange movie with my roommate, is the intro trailer, or the intro, like, the, the, the flip, the comics flip, and the logo and everything is new. It's brand new. Yeah. And that whole thing is like, that whole thing is possible because there's so much content now. Oh yeah, that they can take their own stuff and put it into their own intro cinematic sequence. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's real. Who's cool. Who's done that before? No, no one has. No, Literally I mean, nobody. No one has had this many movies in one universe. in one universe. Um, Star Trek was closest, probably. Uh, before now well I, I say nobody i'm sure there's like a smaller thing that has i'm sure there's there's probably a b movie somewhere that has like 15 <laughs> the 30 sequels i mean like you think about it like the things with the most sequels like jason and freddy they still don't get to like 13 or 14 yeah and marvel's doing three a year starting like no one's going to catch that yeah, this is the 14th movie that's crazy it was dr strange was yeah man 14 it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Uh, next up on Twitter, the Fed said, maybe this will be explained later in the season, but why is Luke in Harlem and not Hell's Kitchen? Hashtag Luke Cage at MCU Kids. Um, I mean, I think they, they explained he's just trying to get away from that area, get away from things that were going on downtown. They keep calling it downtown. Yeah. Downtown. Um, I mean, Hell's Kitchen is downtown to them, I guess. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, he was just trying to escape all of that craziness happening. He went back because that's where Reva was from. And Pops was her people. Oh, that's right. Reva's people. He mentioned that. Yeah, he does mention that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's just trying to get away from the Jessica Jones situation, probably. Because <laughs> yeah. he just disappears from, uh, from from the last episode of Jessica Jones. He just di- up and disappears. He just up and dips. Crazy. Fez also says to us on Twitter, a missile launcher? Hell yeah! Hashtag Luke Cage at 3 at MCUcast. <laughs> right? That was crazy! Yeah. Um, it, yeah, definitely getting getting kind of epic here with, like, freaking... <laughs> freaking, uh... That. <laughs> you know? Bringing down the building. Bringing down the house. Yeah, I mean, that was where he lived. Uh, that's true. He did. It's he lives true. upstairs. So we got a voicemail, right? Jeffrey James called in? Yeah. Let's see here. What do we got? Hi, this is Jeffrey James, and I just wanted to let you know it's great to have you guys back. Uh, it's been a long summer, and um, just excited to have new episodes coming out so regularly. Uh, spoiler alert for episode four. And this is the reason why your podcast is great. I'm watching episode four, and I'm at the prison break scene, and I can just imagine how nuts you guys are going to go when you see that scene. 
And I think you know why. I think we all know why once we've seen it. Um, it just increased my pleasure so much knowing that uh, that I was sharing it with you kind of in the moment. I knew, oh, Matt and Jeff are going to love it. Um, keep the faith, and uh, let's uh, let's get more podcasts. It's uh, really great to have you guys back. Bye-bye. That's awesome, Jeffrey. I'm glad uh, we can enhance the experience in even a small way for you for all this stuff. Um, yeah, the prison br- uh, Luke Cage's prison break was awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. Yeah, the whole the whole sequence of, like, his his time in the prison and then like the the experiment and the tiara and the the, yeah. the bracers him, him wearing the tiara and the bracers i don't know if that's exactly the moment that uh jeffrey's talking about but that was pretty amazing and then him punching his way through the wall just <laughs> yeah. that was so intense and then the when he when he took the the clothes off the clothesline and said you look like a damn fool <laughs> like, like that damn was fool. awesome i love that they that they threw that in there you know that classic uh, Luke Cage look from the seventies. Yeah, uh, that was rad. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad we could uh, we could enhance that. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, we're it's cool. honestly you. Uh, this would not. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for you guys watching all these things along with us. It's really why we do it is to have a community to watch it with and to just like enjoy talking about all these things and hearing what you guys have to say and you enhance my podcasting experience yeah you guys enhance uh, doing this podcast and being connected to all you guys help uh, enhances our experience of watching all this stuff much like the marvel cinematic universe we're all connected (laughs) it's true we're all connected there we go i like it yeah gary Vassett said to us on facebook minor luke cage episode four spoilers slash minor spoilers for the wire (laughs) that's funny good evening mcu cast dot 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 in with a bit of feedback for episode four of luke cage and a brief observation on the episodes that preceded it I cannot be the only person who's picking up on many similarities between Marvel's Luke Cage and the HBO police slash crime drama The Wire, 2002 to 2008. From the depiction of the nature of crime in the streets, Harlem versus The the Wire's portrayal of Baltimore, to many of the presentations of the characters, specifically I'm vastly reminded of the character Stringer Bell, Idris Elba, when I see how Mahershala Ali's cottonmouth character is presented with a bit of Avon Barksdale thrown in for good measure. That might be Avon Barksdale. Yeah, yeah sure. Barksdale, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with him there. That's a great a great comparison. Luke Cage also has a couple of The Wire veterans thrown into its cast. Yeah, it does. Pop is played by Frankie Faison, who had a prominent role as Police Commissioner Burrell in The Wire. And Michael Kostroff, who appears as the prison doctor in Episode 4, is best known for playing Maurice Levi, the attorney for the Barksdale and Marlowe criminal organizations in The Wire. Uh, and that's what I've spotted so far, and it makes sense. Luke Cage showrunner Chiu Hodari Coker has stated in several interviews such comparisons are intentional and that he wants viewers to see Luke Cage as the wire of Marvel television. Mm-hmm. Good. If, you are, uh, if you're going to set a high bar for yourself in regards to quality, to aim for the wire is a fine goal to strive yeah, for to sure. uh, meet any to compare yourself to. Whoa. That's a crazy sentence. Um, <laughs> I hope the similarities to The Wire continue as Luke Cage continues, though having uh, Luke don a duster and walk down the back alleys of Harlem whistling the farmer in the Dell might be overdoing it. Yeah. And I think the captain, uh, the police captain, I'm, no, the, lo- I'm looking at Betty Internal Aud- Affairs. Betty Audrey, yeah. She was from The Wire as well, one of the main characters from The Wire. Sonia. Sonia Song. Was it the captain? 
or was it the? It says Captain Betty Audrey. She plays okay, Captain yeah, Betty yeah, yeah. Audrey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. That was, it was the, the captain that got relieved by the internal affairs person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Priscilla was. Yeah, her she's name. only in three episodes, but yeah, uh, she's in Suckers Need Bodyguards though, and that's my favorite episode name from the series. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Fed says to us on Twitter, "Nightmares kicking butt!" Three exclamation marks. Hashtag Luke Cage episode five at MCU cast. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she does a lot more butt kicking than she does in in uh, any of the other series. It's true. I think she pushes a zombie ninja at one point or something in Daredevil. <laughs> zombie um, ninja, but <laughs> a zinja, if you will. Yeah, or a nombi. <laughs> <laughs> Nambi, <laughs> I like Nambi. That's a good one because it's like Nambi. It's gonna eat your brain. It's you. gonna nom on your noggin. Yeah. Yep. It's a Nambi. <laughs> uh, oh man. <laughs> "Quote unquote guilty," said to us on Twitter. I think seeing Mike Coulter in a suit made me a little bit gay at MCU cast. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that hashtag Luke Cage. Uh. Quote unquote guilty is a great new podcast. You guys should check out. Uh, it's good. I've been, I've been listening to it. Uh, <clears throat> really, <laughs> a lot of fun. They do a guilty pleasure show every week, uh, and he has that that guy is also working it, man. Uh, we we do our podcast and we do everything we can do to keep up with our podcast every week. Uh, keep doing one a week. Um, he's like always doing other people's podcasts and out promoting himself, and I respect that. Get it, get it. Get it, man. We just we don't have that kind of drive. It feels like <laughs> a drive or time, one of those things. I think it's mostly time. Yeah, I, I would so love to do more. Oh, me too, man. Me too. It's just got the we I've both actually, we both got the full time stuff we got going. I've actually talked to Charles about um, possibly doing a tabletop games podcast type thing. I would absolutely be on board with helping with that. <laughs> Maybe talking every now and then. Probably not every week, um, <laughs> but. Man, if if you were doing a tabletop one, I would definitely be a guest. Yeah, probably not a host, but a guest. Yeah, I mean, we could we could Patreon, like, or get a Patreon thing going, like watch the episode or watch us play this game as you know, little bonus. Just watch us figure out how to do this yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that'd be a good. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But honestly, if you're if you're gonna do a watch video, well, this is this is really inside baseball that we probably shouldn't even include on podcast. But why not? If you're gonna be doing like video watches of you playing the game, like that's a great thing to put online anyway. Like that's popular videos is like people watching and learning how to play a game because sometimes people I do that for sure to avoid myself having to read the rules sometimes <laughs> or before I read the rules. Sometimes I'll watch a few rounds of it just to get a good sense of how the game works. Yeah, I'll and then I'll it. read the rules to dig into it. I'll do it to make sure that I. Want want to buy a game like, oh yeah. yeah i'm gonna i've got <coughs> lanterns on tabletop kind of bookmarked because i've, I've yeah. seen lanterns and i'm like that's a really cool idea for a game i probably want to get that but i need to i'm gonna watch it on uh on tabletop first to make sure that yeah, it's something that i, I think get. it's a fun idea i know there's a, there are some uh, tabletop podcasts out there but um well this one's with will wheaton what now this one's with will wheaton called tabletop oh, oh yeah 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 on, I've, uh, I've seen that one you can send sorry i was talking yeah yeah i was just talking about in general your idea for a podcast is oh yeah 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 anyway uh sherman smith said to us on facebook we're just all over the place tonight uh spoiler luke cage season one episode seven if they weren't raised by such an evil woman mariah and cornell could have been upstanding citizens not just pretending to be yeah yeah absolutely they are they're a product of their environment uh, and that environment being a bad home life i mean 
their 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 mama did them wrong. <laughs> their mama did do them wrong. Uh, Jason Smith said to us on episode seven of Luke Cage. Was that a Johnny Blaze name drop at the beginning by the gun dealer? Was it? I didn't hear a it. A Johnny Blaze name drop. Johnny Blaze name drop. Ooh, no, I didn't catch that at all. I didn't either. Um, I think I might have to go back and watch episode seven again. Yeah, we'll have to check that out and let you know because that's uh, it's at the beginning of episode seven. Okay, so we just did a little research on the John Blaze shit, as the the character says in episode seven. He says, "Yeah, I got that John Blaze shit." Uh, John Blaze is, in fact, a reference to Ghost Rider, but it's also a reference to uh, in in hip hop. Various rappers have used John Blaze as a term for good, uh, or or just like a positive term. Yeah, uh, I looked it up on Rap Genius because uh, <laughs> because I, I I'm uh, that's how I because do. Because you are not one. Because uh, I'm not one. I you know I know some rap, but I don't, I'd never heard him use John Blaze. Yeah. Uh, so this says specifically, uh, I got John Blaze. I got John Blaze. Shit is a line from a notorious B.I.G. song, Kick in the uh, Door, called Kick in the Door, and the. Uh, the 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 rap genius genius dot com says Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider's name. Many rappers use John Blaze as a word for good. Method Man from the Wu Tang Clan goes under this alias, which he made an appearance in the last episodes. That's right. So of Luke Cage. Uh, in, in a way, uh, that could be a reference to this notorious B.I.G. song where he actually says, I got that John Blaze shit, or it could be a reference to Method Man and saying he's got that fire or that uh, that skill or that whatever. Like, he's got the good... He's got good shit. That's all he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but yes, in a roundabout way, it is a reference to Ghost Rider. It's just also a reference of Ghost Rider filtered through hip-hop, then filtered back through uh, Hadari Coker, then filtered back into this episode <laughs> i love it me too i love it's, it so uh, much it's fun i that that was fun uh <laughs> i really want to uh just do a full research on rap genius uh, or genius.com of the hamilton soundtrack by the way because they there's tons of rap uh stuff in there that i don't i don't get like i don't know all the references you haven't you haven't like forensic lyric not your yet. way through it not yet man <laughs> i fully intend to though Holy crap. Um, it's crazy. I know. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Okay. Uh, Mark and Margo said to us on Twitter, my non-spoiler review of hashtag Luke Cage season one. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> it does feel like sweet Christmas. Yep. <clears throat> the sweetest. The sweetest of Christmases. Yep. Uh, Randy said to us on Twitter with hashtag Luke Cage, showrunners were freer to reference to the MCU or reference the MCU than with Daredevil or Jessica Jones. They even mentioned Cap by name at MCU cast. They do. Are you I wonder, Captain America? I wonder if that was a freedom issue or if that was just becoming more comfortable. I have a feeling just, just like we have the problem with, um, the, the, t- the movies are somewhat ashamed of the of the TV shows because they just always have been movie people don't like TV people or whatever whatever the you know crap that's about um, but I think um, it's also I think these shows are trying to be super serious dramas and connecting themselves with the Avengers, I can actually see them trying to not at first name the Hulk 
or or, or Thor yeah. or Captain America. Like maybe they maybe they're becoming more comfortable, or maybe this particular director, uh, Coker, maybe he's more comfortable making those direct correlations than maybe previous, like Jessica Jones or whoever. Uh, that's just a thought. Maybe it's not freedom. Maybe it's just a uh, the way it came out or whatever. The way they wanted it to be. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's kind of like how uh, after, you know, 13, 14 movies, we're at the point where it's like, you know what? We're just going to assume that you know that this exists. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. At some point, they can't explain the entirety of the MCU every time they start a new thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't give backstory on literally everything that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Fetch said to us on Twitter, um, how did Judas do that to Cage? Hashtag Luke Cage episode seven <laughs> at MCU cast at Comics Noob Show. Or comic noobs show. Anyway. Um, well, later in the series, they mentioned that his cells are fused with abalone shell. And abalone shell is not completely impenetrable. It can be drilled through. Yeah. I so think, that's what it I think did. that question's more of a uh, uh, rhetorical. Was like, a, what holy the, crap. What the crap. Why, yeah. why did that happen? Yeah, it's it crazy. It, I did not expect it. I did not expect it. Omar Amalia said to us on Facebook, Loving Luke Cage and always happy to have MCU cast every day. Did every day. See, did you see Iron Fist has an air date? March 17th, 2017. It's so close. Also, two new TV spots for Doctor Strange. I can't breathe. Uh, uh, link for all the episode designs in the comments with one from JJ that I missed. Because he does the shirts. He does shirt, the designs. shirt designs. Yeah. Actually, we've been talking about him, uh, to Omer about possibly doing a shirt design for the MCU cast. Holy crap. Um, so it might be available soon. Uh, whether to for, for sale or for maybe for Patreons or something like that. So uh, Omer does awesome t-shirt designs. So I am excited about that. I love it. I love it. Uh, Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, Luke Cage general spoiler slash comment. Claire never does what she's told to do. Unless that thing is don't call Daredevil, then she obeys like a genie grinning wishes. I guess we'll have to wait for the Defenders. Still an amazing show. Loving the cast, too. Well, I think, like, there's been two opportunities in Luke Cage for her to call Daredevil. And one, she said, "I I know a lawyer. And I think that's exactly when Luke Cage gets shot. Um, and then they're pretty much just on the run until the very end, and then she says, "I know a lawyer." And I think that I honestly think that might be the start of the Defenders. I, I can see the Defenders starting with like the trial of Carl Lewis being Lucas. defended. Sorry, right, right. Carl Lucas being defended by uh, uh, Mister Mister Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. Could I'm very well so be. want that to happen. <laughs> so want that to happen. That'd be so so much fun. So Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, spoiler Luke Cage season one, episode 12, Turk should have stayed in Hell's Kitchen. Being stuffed in that dumpster, hilarious. <laughs> Turk should not leave the house. <laughs> Turk, Turk should really, Turk should leave really the give house up ever. his life of crime or become stilt man or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Svante Hoagley said to us, feedback spoilers finale Luke Cage. Dash. Okay, series. Disappointing when compared to the excellency of Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Huh. Dash. Luke Cage is a badass superhero. I love him. Shades is also great. Dash. The show suffers from some truly bad writing from time to time. Where did that second bullet in Luke's body go? Question mark. Dash. Biggest problem? Killing off an amazing bad guy mid-series to replace him with an underdeveloped madman. 
Overall, a 4 out of 10 for me. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the series. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I didn't feel that way. I liked that they kind of had the switcheroo on us. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... I'd, it's interesting for them to just kill a bad guy like that and, yeah. and not be at the end of the series. And I thought that Mar- Mar- Mariah was an interesting villain, and the history for Luke Cage and um, Diamondback was interesting. It, it, it suddenly became a mystery. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it turned on its head. Like it was, it was about this cottonmouth character who they were building and building and building, and then he was gone. And then it's like, okay. Well, that leaves a vacuum. Leaves a vacuum for this other interesting snake character to like <laughs> be around, and, and he, he, it was more of a mystery. So I agree, he was definitely less developed, at least in the beginning, uh, than Cottonmouth. But uh, I didn't think Mariah was underdeveloped. I thought Mariah was a was more uh, by the end more developed because all of the development of Cottonmouth fed into the development of Mariah. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, and that's she's obviously going to be his biggest foe or or antagonistic force in Mm -hmm. later seasons because you know she knows who he is he knows who she is and they're obviously at odds and especially misty knight's involved and they're at odds so like they know that she's a bad person but she's so well connected it's hard to get to her so they obviously have to work and find a way to bring her down yeah it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here because she's She doesn't seem to just want to be a bad person. Yeah. Uh, she's not She's not a mustache twirler. She just wants power. Uh, she believes she deserves power. Yeah, but she's also, like, trying to better Harlem. Exactly. She, well, well, in her she, own way. In her, in her own way. In her mind. She believes she's the best thing yeah. for Harlem. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know that she is the best thing for Harlem. I don't think she is. I think it's been pretty well established that she's not. She's too... um, (laughs) You're no good for Harlem. She's too compromised, too corrupt, but uh, she believes that she's the best thing for Harlem. I don't think that she's uh, trying to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, I and he mentioned Shades. Shades was a highlight for me. I I loved Shades. He, he was on he was a main character on Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Uh great character on that. Um Theo But overall Svante seems to really uh think this was worse than Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Um I thought it was at least on par with Daredevil. And Jessica Jones is such a good psychological thriller that's hard to compare to that. I and mean, it's good in a different way from everything, you know? It's so different. It's it's effectively its own category of thing. Or not its hmm. own, but, like, it's a different category of thing. Because, you know, um, Daredevil started off with being kind of a, um, you know, kind of a, a crime drama, but sort of also a superhero thing, but sort of also about, you know, law and order. And then... Jessica Jones went straight into psychological thriller with superhuman elements, and then uh, Daredevil season two came in with like, holy crap! Now we're talking mystical, magical stuff, but also crime drama. And then Luke Cage comes in with, you know, being sort of like The Wire. Yeah, it's definitely a different, a different kind of show. Um, I de- <sighs> and it was all over the place. This is more more crime drama than anything else to me, even more so than Daredevil was. Fair. Um, Daredevil's Daredevil's a crime drama. Daredevil's kind of like the law and order. Yeah. Of yeah. Uh, of these shows. It's got both sides. 
but uh, with, with 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 this, it's it just delves so deeply into the inner workings of this sort of mob that's happened, sort of the sort of organized crime element, um, which Daredevil did a little bit, but it's a little more about. Um, kind of over-the-top characters like Kingpin, even the Russians. They're just sort of like these over-the-top archetypes, whereas we really get the background of um, Mariah and Cottonmouth and even Diamondback and Shades. We don't get a, we don't so much get the background of Shades, but we get a sense of who he is, and they seem like real-life yeah. characters. And we get enough of I a enjoy. background of Shades to, to understand where he's coming from and where he grew up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so I yeah I would disagree with Svante on his uh, in his final uh, final score of four out of ten there, but uh, but I but I feel you. That's, that's not for everybody, I guess. To this each is his not or the her show own. For everybody. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that's the last uh, piece of feedback we have currently for Luke Cage. So Whew. that's it for this week, my friends. So we'll uh, anything else that we get Luke Cage ish like as far as feedback, we're just gonna roll it into everything. Roll it into the general cast from here on. So keep talking about it, guys. We we enjoy talking about it, obviously. And we like hearing what you guys say about it because it helps to spur on our own thoughts and conversation. Absolutely. We're, we're loving it. Uh, we, we just love love talking to you guys every week. Love, love talking. being here. Um, just love hearing myself talk. That's really <laughs> what I'm trying to get at. Uh, what, guys? We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, check us out at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, 573-CAST-MCU is the phone number. That's 573-CAST-MCU. You can call, leave a voicemail, uh, leave a message, and we will play it on the cast. Um, As we have done so tonight. Yeah. If you're looking for a similar uh, podcast in the same vein, uh, check out DC On Screen. They're buddies of ours. They do a great job of talking about all the DC properties. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week with something... We'll figure something. it out. It we'll might just be news. It we'll might be a news out. episode. It's a. Uh, it's a. It's 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 uh, Thanksgiving week next week, so we may just do a news episode and be done. Be no, we need to talk done. about all the Marvel movies that we're thankful for. <laughs> yeah, you guys. I think write I have in, about write in and tell us tell us what uh, tell us what your top fourteen Marvel films are. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you're uh, most thankful for in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Continuity. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, yeah, the continuity. That's that's definitely something I'm thankful for. <laughs> yeah, me. All right. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.